If you believe, then just throw on a pair of your comfiest, coziest headphones and get ready to enjoy another episode of RSL Season Pass, brought to you by your fearless hosts, Alex, Ethan, and Cody, as they bring you up to speed on all the latest news and rumors about Real Salt Lake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by Alex Maurer and Cody Kershaw to bring you all things Real Salt Lake for the last three or four days, because it's been a short amount of time now since we last recorded, before a long amount of time since we last recorded. Happy to be back, though, with you all talking some RSL. Excited to get into the episode today. We do have our pod trivia segment back in its best fashion along with the Monarchs Minute, uh, talking about the secondary team. Uh, no Royal Roundup on the episode today, and just one small little piece of club news that we hinted towards on the last episode. We're going to go ahead and talk about the San Jose game that happened tonight. We're recording this game right now as it sits at about, let's see, 11, 11 p.m. at night, just after this game has ended. So you'll get our raw reaction, raw takes on this game. And then we're going to go ahead and preview two games, a double game preview this episode this week. We're going to preview the Dallas game first and then talk about the Vancouver game. But before we dive into all of that, Alex, you're back. And I uh, I hear you had a heartbreaking loss with your U14s today. Oh, man. Same scoreline, 2-1 to one for my U14s on the very last kick of the game. Those uh, Shooters SC down in Spanish Fork. Hey, had our number and shooters going to shoot. I know it's what they do. But Ethan, you mentioned that I've been gone for quite some time and it feels like it. I don't know that I've talked to you boys for an extended period of time in a very long time. And it is certainly good to be back despite this scoreline. Grading papers is the worst thing in the world. I've been doing that uh, pretty much every waking moment after the bell rings at 3.30 on school days. Oof. And I hate it. I love lesson planning. I love teaching. I love all the behavioral stuff. I love it all. It's been terrific to be in my first year of teaching, but I despise grading. And so I watched Hard Knocks today for three straight hours to get caught up and finished all my grading so that I could record this podcast with you two here right now. And it feels terrific to be back, Ethan. That's great. You caught me mid yawn. Um, <laughs> it is 11 p.m. on this one. Oh, boy. Um, RSL Cody... season pass after hours. <laughs> That's unfortunate. But Cody, speaking of soccer here, you've been playing a lot of soccer today. Yes, sir. That is correct. I have played soccer from precisely 2 p.m. to about 9 p.m. today. I had two back-to-back outdoor games and then a late indoor game. And... Uh, it was a blast, but uh, I'm definitely done for a few days. <laughs> so we had some good results and, oh my goodness, some not so good refing. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is with these 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 refs that we get in, uh, up at the rack in North Salt Lake. It's like it is a power trip every time they come out. I don't know what it is. Um, oh, we had a delightful rep at the rack for our Tuesday night game, which we won in much better fashion than the game we played today. Is but that today a non-sarcastic? A... Uh, no, he was awesome. Ref? I okay. mean, he was a UISA rep, so he's not. Oh, I assume okay. he's probably not from the same organization, but he was terrific. And the ref we had today was very young and had two really bad offside calls. You can't be offside on your own side of the field. Let's just get that through. Uh, but I kept my cool, didn't say too much, 
and really wish I would have because we had a goal called back that shouldn't have been. And maybe if I was oh, yipping man. a little bit more, it stands. But also maybe not. Maybe the lack of yipping actually helps you get more calls than not. I don't know. What's your experience with that, Cody? Uh, I, in my experience with that, especially with the refs today, is that uh, if you stop uh, chirping at everything, it does help a little bit. Okay, uh, good. That makes me feel better. I, I think if you, I think if you get on the uh, good side of the refs, as, as sad as it is to say, it does help a little bit. Uh, I think they definitely lean in the favor of. If there's a chance of a second yellow, maybe they'll hold back on it. Or if there is a chance of a red, maybe they'll just go yellow for it. Um, it sucks to say, but I, I've seen it happen a few times. And I've definitely felt it happen a few times. So The gamesmanship of it all. And Ethan, how are you doing with your uh, Jimmy Neutron hair over there? Yeah, you look like you're about to have a brain blast. <laughs> I just didn't do my hair today. I could have. chose not to. Um yeah, I, fortunately for me, um, I guess the only the only negative experience I've had with refs this week is um, getting a lot of ref errors at work on Excel sheets. And all of you Excel nerds out there will know about the, the reference error. Um, so that's my only bad experience with refs this week. It sounds like you need to go outside more. Thankfully. Um, what if I could? But uh, work has <laughs> been very busy. I actually did go outside for a lot today. I went to a farmer's market out in Ogden, which is really fun. Um, they've been doing that every week, and so went out there, had a good time, got some really good food. Did you um, get a James Gourmet sweet potato pie? Did not. That sounds disgusting. It is delightful. They however, so however, she's done it. She's done it. My baby, Luciana, started walking this week. What? Took her first steps uh, back and forth to, to my wife and I, and so... Um, super happy for her. And uh, next step will be scoring Running. some goals. Yeah, and then getting <laughs> in trouble with referees for two footed tackles. And then I will have problems with refs, <laughs> a la Uncle Cody. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, but yeah, life is great. Um, and I don't care about this team anymore as much as I uh, <laughs> necessarily. Well, you need to do. because we have a podcast for this. Because yeah, the mark of someone who doesn't care about the team is to stay up after hours to record a podcast about said team. <laughs> I, I should say it's not that I don't care. I should say it's more along the lines of I'm not going to let it get me down. You care a lot less. Mood. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going to stay in a good mood because I've got a lot of other more important things, better things in my life. And I'm sure do you think you it's easier to do that when you're off RSL Twitter. Yeah, because yeah, I, I find it and this is not <laughs> I don't want to, you know, get too into the weeds of this, but I find it so much easier to get over an RSL loss having been off Twitter for the last like four or five weeks, which I, yeah. I miss it. I do love RSL Twitter, but it's just nice to not be doom scrolling at 11, 10 PM. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. With all the RSL news. It's true. Well, I mean, even though it is late, I am quite surprised at how much energy we've all brought onto the episode today. Um, before we dive into all of the goodness though, be sure to make sure to follow us at RSL season pass. <laughs> if anybody's Twitter. still posting over there. <laughs> Oh, uh, goodness. Yeah, I, I did. I logged in. Good. I posted a little, uh, little something, something. Um, <laughs> yeah, the then... admin there liked one of my tweets, actually. Oh, well, I oh. wonder who that could have been. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, just we follow the show our... in the stream, right? Uh, yeah, just, just, just listen about the show. Just listen. Yeah, just really. listen. Apologies oh. for... What? I have a I have a funny thing to mention about our podcast. Uh, I was actually playing FIFA earlier today, and I smoked this dude like four to two. And he was uh, he, he had an RSL Tifu in his uh, in his stadium, and so I sent him a message after the game, and I said, "Hey man, check out our podcast uh, if you have any interest." 
And uh, unsurprisingly, he didn't message me back. So <laughs> if you're out there and if you're listening, this one's for you. I thought this was going to have a good ending, but uh, that's unfortunate. I was going to say, I thought it was going to be well, like, for me. he loves our show and hates Royal Riot or something like that. <laughs> He'll get there. <laughs> to be the case. I'm playing wow. the long game. <laughs> yeah. Goodness me. Um, yeah, I apologize for all of the, the schedule issues that we've had. Again, we're all super, super busy. And so we're trying to find a time to figure out when we can record. That's why we're recording right now, Saturday night after the game has happened. Uh, to get this episode out to you all, uh, going forward in the future, we may settle on Tuesdays, as that is a little bit less of a busy day for Alex and a day that Cody and, and I can kind all of about me. jump on. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, Cody and I have been pretty busy too. I mean, I don't know. I have been. I don't know if you've been, Cody. I guess you've got a lot of soccer games. So, um, but be sure to, uh, I mean, you can find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Um, I mentioned for you all to leave a question in the pod trivia database. Alex will let us know today if you have failed him or not. And once again, thank you everybody who has left a rating and or review wherever you listen to your podcasts for the show. Very much appreciate it. Now let's go ahead and get on into the goodness that I mentioned, which is this episode. Alex, I'm going to let you uh, start with a question for us on the pod trivia segment. Let us know what you got. They did not let us down this week, Ethan. We have had some new submissions, and this is one of them. However, it is from uh, Anonymous. They did not leave a name or Twitter handle. So if this is you, just pat yourself on the back wherever you're listening to this right now. Jasper Leppelsen has scored two goals in total for RSL, both of them against the same team, one home and one away. Which team did he score both of his goals against? Is it A, Colorado Rapids? Is it B, San Jose Earthquakes? Is it C, Houston Dynamo? Or is it D, Los Angeles Galaxy? I think I know where I'm going with this, Ethan, but uh, if you'd like to go first, you're welcome to. I feel like I should know this. You go first. I need to think about it for a sec. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to let you take a stab at <laughs> Ladies, one. please, one of you, just go first. Because oh. I'm fairly sure I know this, but I also could be wrong. So you don't want to tip your hand? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it should be like Colorado because we just own them and we get goals against them anyways. It could be Houston. I loved watching the uh, broadcast tonight, and I was listening to, I don't know what her name is that was on the broadcast, but she really tried to avoid saying that Colorado's terrible. She said Colorado's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, um, this was the first I had heard of that commentating team, but I thought they did a good job, actually. Yeah, they, they did it pretty good. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to take Houston for, Houston for 200, Alex. All right. I am going and to Cody? say the San Jose Earthquakes. Ding, ding, ding. Cody Kershaw, the man of the hour. Yes, it is indeed the San Jose Earthquakes who Jasper Leppelson has scored against twice. Didn't happen tonight, but, you know, would have been cool if it had, I guess. You Could work from to... both of you, but mostly Cody. He didn't really get to play tonight. so Yeah, yeah. It's that that is difficult to score when you are on the bench. Oh, boy. We got to get to that. So before we do that, um, hopefully we've got some some bright days to talk about uh, right now with the Monarchs. So Alex, uh, go ahead and let us know what's happening with the Monarchs. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn, I guess. The Real Monarchs lost their penultimate game of the 2023 season at home against Tacoma Defiance, Seattle Sounders affiliate 3-2-0. Notable minutes came from Axel Kai, Jude Wellings, and Taron Williams, who were three of a very small group of players 
I could see playing a big role in the Monarchs 2023 season and potentially as well in 2024. It's been a down and down season for the Monarchs who never quite put together anything that resembled a positive run all season long. They have one more game in 23 against the Timbers 2 to round out their season and sitting 11th out of 14th in the West. You have to wonder what the Monarchs took out of this season. Not that we need them to be winning games to be successful, but considering that there were no Monarchs contributors that came anywhere near the first team, you have to wonder if Hamas and Olave is doing enough down there in Heron to justify the investment in that team. They're currently all in on the youth movement. They've loaned out three of their best players, which is in stark contrast to how the team was run in the days of he who shall not be named. But I don't know if it's been any more effective as a recruitment tool or development tool, considering we have not seen a single player move successfully from the Academy to the Monarchs to the first team. And yes, this is the part of the podcast where legally I have to say that person should have been Haziel Orozco, but alas, he is playing in Ireland. That's all I've got for you boys today. If you have anything to add, I would love to hear it. Yeah, we talked about last week, Tacoma Defiance. I wasn't expecting much. A loss makes total sense. Yeah, uh, I think a lack of consistency in the Monarchs lineups has probably affected quite a bit. So hopefully in, in you know, looking But they've been the reasonably season. stable over the last couple weeks. Yeah, I think when I think about it, I think about Axel Kai being out of the lineup pretty much every game except for most recently. Um, but I, I don't know if we talked about it last week. Haciela Roscoe made his start for, or not start, but I did he start? I don't know if he started. He for did. Long, he was deemed he got, a man of the match. Yeah, he got his man of the match uh, in his first game there. So, And now he's joined by Elijah Paul, who was sent out on loan. Elijah Paul yep. and Delens Pierre and one more who I'm forgetting, Gennaro Nigro. Yep. Somebody didn't listen to the episode last week where we mentioned all of that. <laughs> well, I correct. know. I edited it. I listened to it. I was just trying to remember the names specifically. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. But yeah, that's um, all I have to say for the Monarchs. So. That's all that should be said for the Monarchs. I think we are done here. Um, and soon we will be done with the season. Thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't come soon enough. For this team. Um, goodness me. This organization's a little bit of a mess right now. No, no Royal Roundup on the episode today, but... We did mention there was one piece of club news. Still no Danny Masovsky training with the team. As we'll talk, I mean, I don't know if we'll talk about it necessarily in the game review against uh, San Jose, but he was unavailable for this game, period. Um, still not training with the team, not at the facility, not anywhere to be seen is Danny Masovsky, um, which really stinks for this team uh, because we could really use a guy who scores goals, especially right now. Uh, if you guys have nothing else to say... Shall we go ahead and jump into the review? This is one of those things that not being on Twitter, I kind of missed. I knew it was going on. and It's pretty recent. Yeah, and it's pretty hard to miss when, you know, one of the top goal scorers on the team is just magically not on the roster. I don't know what to think. He's not a TAM player in my eyes. So if he's asking for TAM money, that's a pretty easy decision from the FO, in my opinion, to let him go. If he's asking for less than TAM money, then it really comes down to what the figure is and how it works with the roster. We've been told for so long that we have so much cap maneuverability and a lot of space to work with. Obviously, after spending $16 million in transfer fees, I can see how that would be a little bit uh, shortened uh, as, as far as that maneuverability goes. So I don't really know that he's all that important as a starter. I think if he's asking for anywhere near TAM money, which, you know, Dami right now is on like one point some odd million just under the DP threshold or the un not tamable threshold. So if he's asking for that type of money, I don't know that it makes any sort of sense. But also the Dami deal is so 
so bad. And the reason that they signed him through next year will never be made clear to me ever when a guy has a back problem at 34 years old, hasn't played a successful minute on the field, and you signed him to a two-year extension. Just absolutely no idea what the point of that contract was. So I could see that Domi deal legitimately getting in the way of re-signing Danny Musovsky. And if that's the case, I think it's a horrible move, uh, you know, compounded by the fact that we lose. Uh, I wouldn't say an up-and-coming, but a relatively established MLS striker who's played well for us. So just one more reason to really not love that Domi deal and that forward depth chart beyond Chicho Arango. So... I don't know. I don't dislike Danny as like a personality. I don't know how he fits in with the roster in the locker room, but I can see this spiraling into more than just a contract dispute. This feels like a culture shift a little bit to me as far as the front office and the coaching staff and the players go, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. Yeah, I just add uh, a little bit more to that. I think having missing somebody like Danny Masovsky on the field is definitely felt. Uh, just to give you guys some quick numbers for him. He is tied, and this is excluding Chicho. I don't know why FootMob doesn't have Chicho stats on here, but uh, he is tied for the most goals and combined goals and assists on the team uh, at nine. Uh, he's tied Ooh. with Jefferson Severino. He also has the highest goals per 90 of our team at 0.42. Um, Seems so like a guy worth keeping around. Definitely, definitely. And you mentioned that that Dami deal possibly getting in the way of, of being able to sign someone like Musovsky, who has given far more production than Demir has given us this yep. year. Um, and would have given us next year too. Totally. Yep. And, and when you, when you paint it in that light, yes, it's a terrible, it's a terrible deal. It would really suck if we were to lose Musovsky right now. He's not particularly old. He's contributing quite well right now. I think we have to find a way to sign him again. And as far as the culture goes, let's not forget that Savarino just played his first away game in, I don't know if it was in a long time, but he's missed nearly 10, right? The number's somewhere around eight yeah. or nine, I believe, away matches this year. So another player that's not at all, uh, I don't know that content is is too far, but he's not extremely happy, I don't yep. think. So, you know, if yep. our attacking core is having difficulty just finding themselves on the field, I think that's a really bad sign for where this roster's at. Cody, can you either like raise your chair or tilt your camera like slightly down? Uh, <laughs> Why? You don't when, like when looking when, at just like his nose. And I, like... I was about to say when you're like close to the cat, like when you're like leaning in and stuff. I can only see like your little mustache, and I can't see like the rest of your face. And it's like <laughs> a little, little distracting. Um, and in case yeah, you that's guys don't doing know, a disservice to his mustache. That's a really that's a good mustache. That's not a little mustache, Cody. In, in case you guys <laughs> didn't know, we can like see each other while we're doing these episodes. We just don't record the video. We just record the audio. That's a little yeah, bit. We're just sitting in a circle around one mic. Uh, Cody, that's not right. <laughs> it's oh, fine. Boy. You'll get over it. Well, I will get over it uh, as long as I can try and get over this game. Um, we've got to talk about RSL played against San Jose in San Jose tonight. Um, and based on the first two minutes of this game, I kind of knew where it was headed um, because in the second minute of the game, Jeremy Abobase gets a fantastic through ball from Christian Espinoza for a very easily put home goal that he scores with quite a bit of ease. Uh, Jeremy Abobase, a guy who I really wish uh, played for RSL instead of San Jose. I wish he would have signed with RSL instead of San Jose in the, the last transfer when he had come over to the team. Um, regardless, 13 minutes later, Rodriguez, the center back for San Jose, gets a goal. And RSL, just like that, in a matter of 15 minutes, is down 2-0. And uh, seemed like that's kind of how it was going to stay. Um, near the end of the first half, right before halftime, ball comes in and Chicho Rungo gets a foot on it and 
it hits the goalkeeper's hand and kind of flicks up in the air. Or I know it wasn't Chicho that hit it first off. Ruby or Rubin had it. Rubin. Rubin headed it right from Sava on the wing. Yes. Wow. My brain is cloudy for having just watched this game. But um, yes, Savarino crossed the ball in. Rubin gets the header. It's off the goalkeeper's hand, floats over the top, face of goal, lands right there to Chicho Ranga, who just kind of taps it. I mean, it should have been a better shot, but ball crossed the line at least, and Chicho gets credit for the goal. RSL's down 2-1 to one at that point. There were opportunities aplenty, especially for RSL in the second half, but nothing came to fruition. And RSL loses this game 2-1 to one on the road. RSL had 19 shots as opposed to San Jose's 16, with 7 on goal as opposed to 6 for San Jose. Had a majority, slightly, of the opportunities. The game was pretty even. I thought maybe deserved a tie. But RSL, once again, continued to lack quality in front of goal. It seems that Chicho Arango is the only guy on this team that can really score goals consistently as of late. And um, this is this is a painful loss. It is against a team, as I mentioned last week, San Jose, who is very good at home and has only lost two games all season at home. However, I feel RSL could have done better in this game. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, the stats bear it out. We played the majority of this game in San Jose's half. We have 240 passes in their half as opposed to their 156 in ours. And our XG is greater than theirs as well by nearly uh, a full goal. So, yeah, I, and it feels weird to say that because through 10 minutes, it looked like we could have lost this game 7-8-0 and set a new club record. So I don't it's so tough, man. It's individual mistakes. It's errors in the midfield that just get compounded by the shape that doesn't seem to have any sort of defensive structure from the wings to the middle. So I don't really know what the fix is because this has been the same problem that we've had for the last four or five games. I mean, we've lost four out of the last five. I don't know what this team is without Pablo Ruiz. It's weird to me that apparently the only thing keeping this team afloat was the ability for Pablo Ruiz to hit 40 yard switches. That's it. That feels like, I don't know. I don't know what else it is that we're missing. I, I think Pablo was also a much better possession player than either Palacio or Ojeda. So obviously you're missing that too, but in the attack, like that was our bread and butter was just hitting those balls up and over the top or those quick switches to take advantage of overloads. And it just seems like there's nobody on the roster that's even thinking about passes like that. You don't see it from Palacio. You don't see it from Ojeda. You're not seeing it from either of the wingers, be it Luna or Saverino. I don't know what the answer is. I think clearly the shape has to change. I don't think this is successful. I think that first goal makes it really evident that there's not nearly enough cover in the midfield. I think the second goal, when you look at the angle that Palacio takes, uh, or no, rather, I'm thinking of the yellow card on Vera in which Palacio just gets run right by and then Vera just tackles a guy, which it was a really good tackle, frankly. It was, you know, I'm, the NFL season has started up again. And so I'm kind of in that frame of mind when I'm watching him just wrap up a guy. So uh, is he. Yeah, clearly. He's obviously a really big Derwin James fan. Go Bolts. But I just don't know where else this team goes, man, because clearly without Pablo Ruiz, everything has to change everything has to change. And so is it going to be a shape shift or is it going to be personnel? I don't really know what the answer is going to be, but clearly this is not working. And Pablo Mastroeni seems to know that because he's said more than once that if you try the same thing over and over again and you expect different results, 
you know, definition of insanity, whatever. That's not the actual definition of insanity. That's so silly. I don't get that. But he said that before. So he's clearly cognizant of the fact that the thing has to change to expect anything different, but it doesn't seem like he's going to do it. So I don't know where the answer comes from. I know it's not Brian Vera. That's going to be my major takeaway from this game. The dude is still not a center back. He's still not even close. He, that he first scored, goal, by the way, against Colorado. Just well, he's still not a center back. You can, uh, <laughs> can score all he wants. Like that read on the first goal, we play a ball up and he is walking behind the play while a guy is unmarked at the top of the box and he's 10 yards away from when he receives the ball. All he has to do is step up and then all of a sudden that shot doesn't come off. But instead he just lets him waltz right up to the top of the box, turn and have a shot. He's just, he's not, he's not the guy. And now he's out for yellow card accumulation in the next game. So cool. I hope so we see you'll Marcelo get what you Silva. want. You'll get Marcelo Silva. <laughs> yeah. And I think that makes so much more sense. I think you really need to stick with the steady veteran center back rather than this project that seems to make no sense at all to me. Why did you buy a left back? to try to force him into center back. If you were going to spend Tam money, just buy a Tam center back. But I digress. That's all I have to take away from this game. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think clearly our second half turnaround matters. I think the fact that we kept a clean sheet in the second half is huge. I think that we out XG them is nice, but I don't see this as being a playoff team. And I think we will be very lucky if we do make it to that point in the year. Four days later and we lose four nil to Dallas and it doesn't matter who's playing at center back turns out. Um, (laughs) No, and and that's a good point, Ethan. I don't think Marcelo Silva comes in and fixes everything. I just don't think Brian Bear is a good center back, and I think we should give him a shot at left back. I think you brought him as a left back into this roster. Give him a chance because Brian Oviedo is clearly not the answer. And if you're not going to play a Mecca Nelly, then give Brody that right back spot and let somebody who's done it for years in Columbia actually give it a go. I've got a stat for you guys, and um, this is... For me, the overarching theme of the team at this point, in all competitions, do you guys know um, what, what, or I guess how badly RSL has been outscored in all competitions since Pablo Ruiz left the team? Oh, since he left the team? A I lot bet we've, a little. I bet we've scored five and we've conceded 16. You're close. It's really? not that bad. Um, we have well, conceded good. 14 goals. Oh, I was close. How many have we scored? We've scored four. Oh, I was really close. Half, of the, half the goals we scored were in that win against Colorado. I don't even know if those necessarily really count, but uh, that's a total of six games outscored 14 to four. That's terrible. That's really bad. You Did know who's you guys... also really bad? San Jose won one of their last seven and two of their last 13. But they've lost a total of two games at home. At home changes everything for them. Yeah, but I, I don't yeah, think... But if you're looking at a 13-game sample size... Possibility here. Yeah, I agree with Cody. Like, a, like I, I think a draw was probably a realistic thing to think about for this game. And, I, and it was there. I mean, I think we could have gotten that as well. Yeah. Alex, I think it's a good point. We, we keep the clean sheet in the second half. We looked like a much better team in the second half. Um, I... I I feel like there was mistakes across the whole back line tonight. I feel like there was mistakes with Farah. I feel like there was mistakes with Glad. Uh, and there was mistakes from the midfield. I think the thing that Pablo Ruiz adds to this team, Alex, you mentioned, are we really missing just that big that, that long ball that he provides? I think it's a I think it's decision making. I think it's his calmness on the ball and his his ability to make those decisions to either send the ball long or to weave a pass in through traffic to a player that Palacio and Ojeda so far don't possess that same ability to do. 
Uh, I was looking at some of the passing stats for the game for Palacio and Ojeda, and they actually both had uh, 92% completed passes, but I don't think those are productive passes. Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Absolutely. Passing back to Glad or it's passing back to Vera and just maintaining that possession in an area where we're not being dangerous, uh, whereas Pablo Ruiz is actively creating chances with that. Um, So I, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from this game as far as what I saw is that it's clear Palacio and Ojeda don't make up the difference for losing Pablo Ruiz. They might be getting there. They might be showing progress towards that, but it's clear that missing out on his decisiveness is a big problem for this team. Yeah. When you look into Palacio's passes into the final 30 has seven, his total passes are 79. So an extremely low percentage of his passes are actually into or around the box. And that matters, especially when you're playing with two center midfielders and no attacking mid, it does matter if you're, center midfielders are not playing into dangerous areas. The other yep. stat that I was going to bring up is, do you guys think that before losing Paulo Ruiz, RSL had a positive or negative, I guess, goal differential? Or was it like, did we score more than our opponents or did we score less than our opponents? Or was it neutral? I, I, I think it was, to assume it we was scored neutral. more. It I bet we scored even. more. It was more. Um, and all competitions before we lost Pablo Ruiz, we had scored 52 goals against our opponents, 44 goals. A lot of that was up and down. There were some games where RSL got destroyed, but for the most part, it kind of leveled out and RSL had a bit of an advantage as far as scoring goals. Um, they've completely lost it and completely fallen apart. Here's another number for you. 39. 39 days since the Pablo Ruiz injury. Wow. How, how has this team not figured out some sort of way to be able to That's patch crazy. that up and move on? Great teams figure out how to do those kinds of things. They figure out how to patch those issues up, That's move crazy. on, it's been and continue to win. This is a playoff team. We were in, we were in what, third? I have the answer third. for you. We were in third place. The we were in third place. This is a team that now looks like they don't even deserve to be playing in the playoffs the way they've been playing. I, uh, it's, it's my answer for you is this is not a great team. Well, so was Pablo Ruiz that good? Was Pablo Ruiz truly an MVP caliber player? Because that's the difference. If you look at this team where they were and where they are now, that is an MVP caliber player. If that is his difference, if he is that level of difference maker, he's an MVP type player. Was he that good? I think all we have to do is look at the results before and after. I mean, it's clear there was a big change. There was a big shift in goals. There's a big shift in how we play. We are dropping points to teams that we should be beating easily. That before, when we had Pablo Ruiz, we probably do beat pretty I'd easily. Easily, uh, yeah. Because we were looking I at mean, Leagues Cup. We were looking at U.S. Open Cup. We were looking at making a run in the West. Yeah. And now we're scraping a loss in San Jose. and We're it's, at it's, four it's, losses it's, of our last five. It's going to be a decision day. Was he that good? That's what I just can't decide. I, I, I will say, I don't think he was that good, but I think he was consistent. I think you knew exactly what to get from him. I think his decision-making was beyond a lot of what our midfielders have. And the fact that we don't have that right now is is that the, is part of what's missing. I guess I just... I think he was that good. I think Pablo Ruiz was that good that he could carry a team on his back. Or at least the midfield. But it just, the eye test just doesn't tell me that he was that irreplaceable. I don't know. Ethan, what do you think? Is Pablo Ruiz the best player in the league? Um, Not the best player in the league, but I think he's certainly Second one best. of, I, I, I would, I would almost argue that, I mean, we, Alex, we talked about this before we started the episode, but maybe other than someone like Messi for Miami, 
he may be the most important player to a team in MLS, at least top five. Because how did we not see it? How did we difference. not notice that when he was playing? Because I agree maybe, with you, Ethan. I think you're totally right. How did we not know maybe, in the moment that he was that special? Was it just the Chicho effect? Did we think it was just all Chicho? Well, let's let's maybe we look at it a different way. Who right now jump starts the attack when we're moving forward? Because I think it's Pablo, not Savarino. I think Pablo did kind of jumpstart that attack with those long balls or with those, you know, whatever pass he ends up making to create an opportunity or, or to start a chance. And we kind of lack that right now. Like you said, it's not Savarino. You, you think Diego Luna could do it? If you put Diego Luna in the middle and you throw, I don't know, Chang outside, you think Diego Luna can do enough defensively to play that spot? I don't know if he can, but I think it'd be worth a shot. I would love to see him try. At this point, I think I agree. I also think you need to drop a striker and get another midfielder in there because we just keep getting overrun. Or get Musovsky back and put him up there. Or get Musovsky back. I don't know. I don't have too much more to take away from this one. Ethan, you, you look like you're your man contemplating. What is it over there that's going through your head after the San Jose game? Give us a brain blast. I mean, for me, when I saw the lineup come out, how does Emeka and Nelly not start this game? It's a good point. I, I posted this on Twitter. I want to know, what did he do to deserve to not... Like, how did he lose his starting job? Like, what happened? I mean, I understand he wasn't playing well, but nobody was playing well. And yep. certainly Brian Oviedo was not playing better. Yep. So if it's a positional thing and you just want Andrew Brody back at right back, I still think there's a spot in this lineup for Meccanelli, be it left back or at this point, center mid over Nelson Palacio because Nelson Palacio has been bad. We need to admit it. Like just straight up, he's not a very good defender and he doesn't do anything offensively except hit a ball off the post in Kansas city, which was awesome. But you know, he he put his hands on his face in agony after the second goal was scored. So, and that's cool. That shows that he cares a little bit, but yeah, because not everybody, not everybody does that. What did, uh, what'd you guys think of Andres Gomez tonight? I actually liked what he provided. uh, Although everybody looks good when you're chasing a game and you're, playing off yeah but i think his ability to weave between players is something that that not a lot of our other players offer really aside he was was creating by himself he was yeah not a lot of other guys were so i think the ability to do that on the wing and get balls in toward chicho is probably something i'd like to see more of so he also probably looked so good because diego luna looked so bad yeah diego luna didn't do great tonight i don't know man whoo yeah um a mess and kind of by his own design let's be honest but he's (laughs) got a mess Brian Vera has got to be the favorite to get a red card every single game he starts, um, no matter who else is on the other team. I think that uh, I mean, he almost got a red card in this game. Did uh, we mention that he will be out really, the next game because of yellow card accumulation? He will be out next I game. I did, yeah. Yellow card okay, Good job, yeah. Brian. Alex. Zach McMath, um, also get him out of there. Just put yeah, Gavin Beavers in. I, 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 time. I, I said this like last episode, put too. In this game. Yeah. Last episode, I said the same thing. I think it's, it's pretty evident. His distribution still sucks, which... Uh, Never will change. Stay yeah, and Zach McMahon again, show me one save in the last two and a half calendar years that either changed a result in RSL's favor or is a save that Gavin Beavers just categorically cannot make. I've just I've never seen it from Zach McMahon. Late, I lately, don't I don't know. know if I can show you a single save he's made because yeah, like he hasn't even touched the ball. I, I, I agree. I have a. I feel like he should have saved that Abobase goal. I, I at least think he had a shot too. It was. Uh, it was a pretty good chance for. Sanchez. I think. I think he also where spilled he another one to, that could have been. A, if if he gets goal. his hand in the right place or even his foot in the right place, I think he has the ability to stop it with with how close he was to Abobase. But do you guys know opinion. why Abobase has that little collar thing on? Concussion. I was isn't curious it? what that is. I've come to the conclusion it's a shot collar, 
And uh, whenever he does something wrong, the coach just gives him a little shock. And that's why he's so freaking good, because he's learned how to correct his mistakes. Anytime he's out of position, Chris Wondolowski's just up in a booth. He's like, exactly. (laughs) Ripping his shirt off. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Bob does up there screaming with a shot collar. That is the last person I would trust with a positional shot collar. We need to do that with Rubio Rubin. Maybe that'll uh, that'll help him get in the right state of mind to score goals. Um, Yeah, if we could see Pablo Ruiz up there in the booth. Uh, with a Nelson Palacio shot collar. Yeah, there you go. That's what we need. Yeah, For me, no, one I of the most that. One of the most egregious things, the game was like essentially over at that point, but I think it was like the 89th minute, Demir Krylock comes in for Chicho Arango, and that's when you knew. That's when you knew that Pablo was like, yeah, we'll just take the zero points on the road and take the 2-1 loss. Like He's like, well, I guess it's, it's zero points on the road, so it's not that bad. Like, Did he think we were tied or something? I mean, I, I'm... I, because I don't think there's a level of tired Gosh, man, Chicho I'm sorry. can achieve that I'm sorry, he's but, worse than Dami. And, and I agree. The commentatorship did fine on the broadcast today, but like, I'm sorry, I can't remember the the lady's name that was talking on the broadcast. Was she hyping up Dami? She was. She was like, "Oh yeah, you got to watch out for him because he scored most goals of like any player in RSL history or something like that." Years and ago. Yeah, he's well, that's he's, not true. Well, okay, she didn't say that, but like, like uh, on the current roster, he's the guy who scored more goals of any other player on this team, and like, you got to watch for him. He's a goal scoring threat, like. Obviously, she has not been watching RSL lately because Dami's kind of cooked. So, like, you, you <laughs> knew. It's so sad to say out loud, like, but it is so evident anytime it, it, he takes the It field. is. It is. It's it's really sad. Um, but she kind of missed the the point on that one. Like, Dami was coming in. You hey, knew the game was over. It was going to end two one. It was over. Like, if I hadn't watched RSL this season either, I would say the same thing. And he did have a really good run in Open Cup, so I don't know that it's totally unfair to say that he could be a goal dangerous player, but. I don't know. I am going to wrap up my thoughts in this game by saying that I think we need Musovsky back. I think the starting lineup needs to be Chicho and uh, Musovsky up top. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who do you think has the highest expected goals on our team? For For the season? Yeah. Chicho Rago. Ethan? Moose. You say Moose? Yeah. You You would both be incorrect. Rubio Rubin. Anderson Julio coming ah, off the bench the has awesome. the most expected goals. Awesome, I would, sir. I, for myself to be okay, I need Chicho up top, Musovsky up top, and Julio coming off the bench to provide that threat. I think that's what we need to get this team to a little bit more stable area. If I had to say my answer to this conundrum, it's a coaching change. I think we've seen enough from Pablo that if the answer the whole time was Pablo Ruiz is an extremely special player and we spent $16 million and all of a sudden that made the team good. And when you took out one of those uh, Jenga pieces, the whole tower comes crumbling down. feels like a coaching thing, man feels like a culture thing as well. He's been the quote culture builder forever. He got smoothies and car washes at the (laughs) Harriman facility. And I don't know what else more. What more could you want from a coach? Exactly. Uh, but it seems I that those uh, so Roxbury smoothies just weren't enough to get this team over the hump. I think Brian Vera has been a really bad experiment. I don't think there's a single player that you can point to on this roster that you could say has progressed under Pablo Mastroeni's tutelage. Justin Glad's not that guy. Pablo Ruiz is okay. The one I will give you. Jefferson Savarino looks worse than when he was here before. Diego Luna, I don't know, has progressed beyond what his talent level was when he arrived and he sat on the bench for six months. Andrew Brody is a cog in the machine. Could, could you say Bodie Hidalgo? Is there an argument there? 
I don't know that he's I, just from an just opportunity no standpoint. Time. Yeah, I don't know that it's like he's gotten any better than he was. I think so. Evident by the fact I that he's he now third on the depth chart at right back. I don't know. I just don't think there's a single player that has. And I think this really systemic too, because you look at the Monarchs roster, there is not a single player from that team that sniffed the first team. Not, not even sure. close this season. And I think that's that's an issue larger than Pablo Mastermind himself, but uh, a little bit reflective of him as well. So that's my that's my two cents. Ethan, well, any well, final thoughts here? Ethan, well, you got to fix the whole team and roster well, based on one game's results. How are you going to do it? You have just no money. Fire everybody <laughs> and just go sign everybody to a, like some random dudes for like to a min tank this year. Get the first round pick and then take. Uh, I'll play for your name? team for I'll free. Ta- well, we'll take Wemby with the first overall pick. Is he still yeah. available? The only thing that could save us, yeah, is Victor um, Minyama. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's 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 a dumpster fire right now. Like I said, man, and the way they so played tonight, sad that we're oh, at this okay. point. Maybe not <laughs> so the way they sad. We were the... going for a treble thirty nine days ago, and now we're here. Not the way they played for the entire game. The first fifteen minutes, it's like this team doesn't even look like they should belong in like a the playoff race like they look bad they look like actively terrible like they're just not even trying there's just nothing that we do better than another team anymore and during the ruiz days we did so many things better we possessed better we were better in transition we were better defensively we hunted in packs and now there's just nothing you can point to and say this is what we're trying to do this is what we're trying to receive i would say probably we we get more yellow cards and red cards on our team. Thanks to Brian Vera, maybe more tackles like physical bodily tackles. Thanks to Brian Vera. But I think it's, we it's do that not, better. Than I players. know, but uh, yeah, he'll get our MVP most vicious player. And at some <laughs> point go. we got to uh, kind of reconcile with some of these signings. Yep. Brian Vera. I don't know. Nelson Palacio. I don't know. Ojeda. Uh, you Andres know, Gomez. Andres Alex, Gomez, who should have been Alex. I don't know. Do you, would you, oh, I got a question for you, my friend. <laughs> would I take Christian Benteke over Christian Arango? No, Maybe. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, would you rather have, okay. if, if Haziel Orozco had stayed with the team, would you rather have Haziel Orozco or Brian Vera starting at center back? What are you talking about, Ethan? You think that's a question? Yeah, absolutely. I would start Haziel Orozco over Justin freaking Glad, dude. Haziel was that guy. I would I'm say. I'm just kidding. I, I would start, if, that's honestly not a bad compared no i would, he would play like three games till he played dc united and he gets bodied by christian benteke i would say 80 percent of people would say brian vera well honestly. no not after yeah. tonight people are finally starting to realize no dude i've been trying to drive this train i've been trying to conduct engineer whatever the person that drives the train is called all season long he's not a center back i think it's so abundantly clear now that that is the case Haziel Orozco is a much, much better center back than Brian Vera. Well, Buddy's in like freaking Ireland right now. So tell me. Yeah, man of the match Silva. baby. <laughs> and then well, he's going to come back and he's going to play well. And people are like, oh, it was all about the transfer and the loan. It's like, I don't no, know if he, he will, all man. Of that here. He could have done tell everything me. he did there here. And he should Other have been than Marcelo Silva, who's here. like 37 years old or feels like he's 37. He's like well, 34. He's, center back. He's, he's the perfect age to sign him to a two-year contract coming off a bad back injury. You want to put Nelson Palacio at center back? No, Ethan. I want to put Hansiel Orozco there next to Justin Glab. He's in Ireland, so he'd break it. (laughs) That's not Paul tearing it up. He can go play center back. Pablo's a master. Just Jefferson Savarino's master. We need to admit that now. (laughs) I can't believe we were almost out of this game review, and I dropped that bomb on you. 
When was the last time Sabrina took over a game? It's been extremely long. Yep, it has. Let's just go ahead and review some games or preview yeah, we have some to. games. We have to get me out and of then this. Then we'll review games next review. week. Um, Dallas game is Wednesday, September twentieth at seven thirty p.m. at home. Two home games this week. Dallas is currently tenth in the West. Yay! Another crappy West team that we can lose to. They have nine wins, eight draws, and ten losses on a total of thirty-five points. I'm going to predict an RSL loss because that's just how things have been going lately. Let's say 2-1 RSL loses. Ethan, you have got to get your attitude out of the gutter. I'm going to go with a 3-1 RSL loss. Uh, I don't think My we can beat this Dallas goodness. team. I just see so little life in this team right now. Cody? Uh, I'm going to go optimistic, and I'm going to say a 3-1 win for Love RSL. It. Love it. Uh, because you guys want to hate on them. Not hate. I get it. It's justified. But I'm going to go with a 3-1 win for RSL. I'll allow it. My one to watch in this game is Crack McGrath taking a bite out of crime like he's just let goals in. Who? <laughs> McMath? Is that what that was supposed to be? That is Zach McMath. <laughs> um, Zach McCrack? Crack McGrath. Not Scruff Take, McGrath. Is that his Scruff name? Mag- yeah, it's Scruff yeah. McGrath. It's Crack McGrath taking a bite out of nothing because uh, he's got no bite. And um, he's all Beaver bark. should be the goalkeeper. I really think that um, I, I, I would... I guess I would would and wouldn't be shocked if he is not the goalkeeper or if he is the goalkeeper next game. I don't think he should be. There's uh, Lately, especially, there's been nothing that I've seen that he should stay in goal. He's let goals in, and he doesn't seem to really care. I know that's just kind of Zach McMath's like, face. He just... <laughs> yeah, there's nothing he can do about that, man. His, his, like, his like, emotion, he just, like, Every time my care. wife sees his face, she's like, is he dying? Is he okay? <laughs> yeah. Has he eaten in the last 48 yeah. <laughs> hours? <laughs> he, probably, he probably feels dead inside with how many goals he's conceded lately. But to be yeah. fair, it just it doesn't look like, for me, I hate to call out a player's effort, but like, look like the efforts. There, if your man, effort's getting I called out at goalie, do... that's a problem. I think you. I think he can do better. I think he can <laughs> you don't do have to show much. And um, you don't have to show much. I think I don't know. Maybe I think he's cooked, but like I think he's had opportunities to stop shots, and like he stops everything that's right at him, except for that one goal against uh, Portland. That was right yeah. at him, and he missed it. You know what? He doesn't even do that. But Beavers and goal. Beavers is my one to watch. But... Jefferson Severino is my one to watch. He has not been Jefferson Severino for quite some time, and I hope. That that changes. He has not been Yesterson Savarino. He's been yes Jefferson Savarino. <laughs> Beautifully, yeah. Anywho, it. Uh, mine is going to be whoever starting opposite of Savarino, whether Ooh, that like be that. Luna or Andres Gomez, uh, because uh, with the way Luna played tonight, I think it could be Andres Gomez. But if it's Luna, I'm I'm okay with that still. I. I think I need, we need to see production from all around the field, and that starts with the wings. Uh, Savarino hasn't done much. Luna and Andres Gomez have not done much, and I would love to see some more of that for us to get going in this game. Ethan, tell me who we play on Saturday. I'm dying well, to know. Before I tell you that, I think Jesus Ferreira should be playing in this game. He probably scores a Hattie against us. Oh, I said 2-1. I'll give him a brace. that down. He scores two goals against us because this team's in shambles. We play Vancouver on Saturday. It's like a few days after the game on Wednesday against Dallas. 7.30 p.m. kickoff time, Saturday, September 27th. Vancouver, you would not think they are, but they are fourth in the West. 
They have 11 wins, 8 draws, and 8 losses on a total of 41 points. I think they just passed us now. They might I don't know, depending on their result tonight. But oh, they, they've is... been past us. We are now sitting 6th oh, in the West. Yeah. So this is going to be a really important game for RSL. Uh, so I think that they lose this game 2-0. Uh, because that's just what what RSL does. And oh man, I Ethan need some wins. Kershaw. I bet we tie. I'm gonna say two two. I think we rest Wednesday. I bet Dami starts instead of Chicho on Wednesday, and then I bet we come out. Does full it matter? Force. Does it matter? I'm gonna say it does, Ethan. I don't think all hope is lost. I think it's very close, but I don't think all hope is lost. And I say we tie Vancouver two two. Alex took my score line. Ah, I'm gonna go with two yes. two. I'm gonna change though just to be opposite you guys ethan predicted a loss alex predicted a draw i'm gonna say a 2-1 win this is me being optimistic and saying if we would like to get our playoff hopes back in line then we must start winning games that we should win it it's kind of also sucks that we're still firmly in the playoffs i mean we're having this conversation but there's zero there is zero accountability in mls there's nine people that make the playoffs it is so difficult to not make the the playoff race right now we're in the playoff race but There's about a five point difference between eighth place and like Alex. Did you place. say race or playoffs? Like we are firmly playoffs. in the playoffs, or we're, no? We are we're firmly not. in the playoffs. No, we're not. We are five um, points clear of the playoff line, and there's. I'm just saying it's so easy. And to make if we playoffs. lose both these games and those teams win both their next games, we are then out of the playoffs. That would not be fun. Oh, I don't think we'd have to have other results go against us too. Which I mean, and I think that I'm not happen. saying it's not close. I'm going to call saying it right now. I'm going like, to call it right. It's easy now. to make the playoffs. RSL has one of the easiest finishing schedules for the rest of the year. And this will be the most torrential collapse of RSL we've ever seen. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I'm writing that down too. So Ethan's no, got a uh, Ferreira hat trick next week and RSL. Not, uh, not, not a hat trick, a brace. I'll say brace because I predicted two one. Alrighty. Okay. Maybe I'm being Alrighty. too harsh, but like, I'm just like, let's say brace or hat trick. You guys, you cannot deny like these teams might be better than RSL without Pablo Ruiz at this point. And RSL well, might that's be better. How that, that's how and that that's works. We'll but see. you just said we had a soft schedule, Ethan, and now you're saying these teams are too good to overcome? Two, um, one crappy West team and then Vancouver I'm of all people. Stupid. So let's let's look at the Vancouver's schedule. We play, fourth. we play Dallas, Vancouver, LAFC, Kansas City, LA Galaxy, Colorado to finish out the year. Yeah, we should win our last three games. I, I think we lose our next three, though. LA Galaxy is a new team now. They are not the same Galaxy from the start of the year. Kansas City, just, I don't know, still a notoriously <laughs> difficult team. I know Galaxy just lost 2-4 to LAFC, but it's LAFC, man. Kansas City is in ninth. They're one of those teams that is five points below us that's fighting for a spot. Yeah, I don't so know sure. that this schedule is that soft, really. I mean, if you've got a game against LAFC, you chalk that up to a loss, especially on the road, we've, which we've, I know we've, we've done the, well. We face the bottom two teams in the West, though. Galaxy yeah, and then Browns. we play LAFC and Vancouver, who round out the top four. So I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't this is forget a tough schedule, either, man. Galaxy beat us at home earlier this year. And frankly, so. San Jose was a an easy one on this part of the schedule that should have been a win. So yep. hmm. I guess so we'll you guys see. are starting to agree with me. Yes, uh, most torrential collapse for RSL. Um, yeah, it's I time think for think me to go to bed. You too. Um, my one to watch in this game that we have not done yet, surprisingly, um, will be Pablo Mastrani. Because I want to see Whoa, the first time we've got with a non-player option. <laughs> yes, because it's past our bedtime and my mind is <laughs> this like is RSL season pass after dark, baby. Um, but yeah, Pablo Mastroeni. Want to see 
what he does when we go down a goal because I think that's inevitable uh, in this game against Vancouver. Um, Ryan, well, you just saw tonight what happens when we go down two goals. Yes, I did. And I want to see if Pablo can make adjustments and figure stuff out so that we can get a win because that's what we need. Um, he didn't do it in this game, and I hope he learns from his mistakes. That's what you need to do as a coach is learn from your mistakes and get better. Um, that's what all good coaches do. Otherwise, you don't have a job and you're not a coach. So um, I'm going to be watching Pablo Master and you see what he does when we go down the goal after wow. Ryan Gold scores against us. Well, then you'll be watching him chew gum very vigorously on the sideline. My drink lots of water. One, two watches Brian Vera. He'll be back from yellow card suspension in this Vancouver game. I think he probably starts at center back, especially coming off a midweek game for uh, ancient Marcelo Silva. And I think he does really poorly, and I bet he gives up a goal. Red card. I am going to (laughs) yell and scream about it when he does. Cody, what say you? Fair points to you both. My one to watch will be Chicho Arango. Uh, I think if we're going to keep up with Vancouver, he's going to have to be efficient, and he's going to have to be providing frequently. So that is my one to watch. Well, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to the uh, the fun and interesting and crazy episode that we have had today. Don't know if we should ever record an episode this late ever again. I thought the energy was actually in a good spot today. That's good. If you liked the episode, let us know if we should continue to record late night like this. Uh, if you enjoyed, if you thought we were funny, if you thought we were just like lame and super cringe, then tell us to record on Tuesdays. Late night hot takes. Yeah, my hot takes are a little uh, unhinged, but uh, <laughs> I, I hope that you all appreciated listening to the episode. We certainly appreciated that you listened to the episode. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at RSL Season Pass. You can also find all of our episodes at www.rslseasonpass.com. Also, be sure to leave a question in the Pod Trivia database to keep Alex going with those questions. And also, thank you for everybody that has left a rating and or review for the podcast. We very much appreciate that. Again, we apologize about our schedules, but we will do better. We hope that you are able to enjoy the RSL games, that they get wins, that they're a good team, and they're fun to watch again. Until then, we will talk to you all next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of RSL Season Pass. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you download your podcasts. If you didn't enjoy the show, uh, please keep that to yourself. Be sure to check back next week for a new episode. Same time, same place.